Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Does the rapture happen before or after the tribulation? Both. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. So I want you to stay with me. Does the first resurrection happen before or after the tribulation? Both. And I want you to stay with me. The first resurrection we talked about is likened to a harvest in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Jesus Christ, the first fruits, and then those Old Testament saints that died in faith, already caught away. When did that happen? Before or after the resurrection? Before. Or before or after the tribulation, I'm sorry. Before, right? We talked about the main harvest. Okay? We did that in two messages. And we talked about that is at the that is going to close out the church age. Does that happen before or after the tribulation? Before. But remember, this harvest, this first resurrection is likened unto a harvest that has three parts. Right? You grow any type of crop. Wheat, then you got your main harvest, and you have your gleanings. All well. Most of the confusion between the timing of the post-trib and the pre-trib, trib, tribulationist, got myself tongue-tied. Post-trib, yeah, yeah, right. Post-trib, pre-trib has to deal with the timing of when and also who. There is a part of the first resurrection. The end of the harvest called the gleanings. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. And this rapture or this catching away has to do with what we're going to find out tonight. Let's read Matthew 27. I hope you stayed with me so far on that. Matthew chapter 27, verse 52. Watch this. We read this before. We're going to read it again. And the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now, did that already happen? It did. You know what part of that is of the first resurrection? You know what part of that is of the harvest? That's part of the first fruits. That already took place. Done. The gleanings, which we're going to get a little gleaning of into tonight is, that's the catching away and and the raising of dead tribulation saints that occurs after the tribulation, but before the second coming of Christ. Does that involve us? It does not. 
we would have already been caught away. Church age ends. Either immediately right after or sometime thereafter. Bible's not really, really clear on exactly when, but it will be after the church is caught up. This fulfillment of Daniel's 70th week will now come into play. First fruits done, main harvest caught away. Now, during this seven-year period, there is going to be the aspect of this first resurrection called the gleanings. And it's not us. It's not us. First Corinthians chapter three. The reason these things aren't, well, my opinion of the reason these things aren't really taught in church is because as soon as you teach one lesson, it opens up 15 questions for 15 more lessons. So we're just going to keep staying with it until we get most of our questions answered. And when you preach messages like this, it means you actually got to kind of study your Bible and go through stuff. And it's, it takes work. You know, you got to go through the Bible. First Corinthians three. I just want to reiterate this. If you haven't been with us, it could be a bit confusing, but verse six, I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. You see this planting? The more that we glean truth from the Bible, the more we see this harvesting mentality or this harvesting principle. Husbandry, planteth, watereth, increase. It's all there. Now let's go over the first Corinthians 15, get a little more specific in that. First Corinthians 15, look at verse number 23. The Bible says, but every man in his own order. So there's an order to this first resurrection. Christ the first fruits, after they that are Christ's at his coming, then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. During the first fruits, Jesus Christ is the first fruit. That's when the Lord led captivity captive. Those Old Testament saints that died in faith, the Lord took them up. The ending of the church age, that's the body of Christ, that's us. We are going to be part of what's called the main harvest. And then the gleanings is the tribulation saints. And I believe once we understand the different parts of the first resurrection, we can better understand who is being raptured or caught up. And when those folks are being raptured and caught up. It's the who and the when. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 23, look at this. Afterward, they are Christ's at his coming. There are two aspects to the coming of Christ. There's the coming in the clouds. 
And then there's the coming to earth. Are they the same? No, they are not. If they get mixed together, then we get, we get, people get things mixed up. They are not the same. There are two different aspects to these comings. One is in the clouds. One comes to the earth. And we must, must, must make this distinction. Get 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. And let's get 1 Thessalonians. Chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. Verse number seven. Uh, verse six, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So that ye come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 7, please look at the word for. We are waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the wait. That's the meaning behind the waiting. For. Notice the word for. We are waiting for the coming. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Look at verse 11. Oops. I'm in Timothy. Let me go back. First Thessalonians chapter 3. Look at verse 11. Now God himself. And our father. And our Lord Jesus Christ. Direct our way unto you. Where I want to be. Thank you, sir. Keep reading. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. Okay, here it is. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Thank you, Brother Kelly. And I'd like to draw your attention to the word with in this passage of Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 3.13, I had the wrong verse I wrote down. I wrote 3.11, I should have just kept reading. 3.13, it's coming with. That means the Lord, that means we as his saints are coming with him from heaven. Right now, we are on earth and we are waiting for him. We will meet him in the air. We're going to be taking up people from the Lord in heaven. When he comes back for his second coming, it's going to be all the way down to the earth, and we are going to come with him. So that distinction must be made. There's two aspects to his coming. In the clouds and in the air, we wait for him, and then there will be the coming of us with him. Waiting for and coming with are completely opposite. You can't wait for the same thing that you're a part of. If you're a part of it, you're not waiting. What is the Corinthian church waiting for? 
the same thing we're waiting for, right? The Bible doesn't teach two second comings to the earth. The Bible only teaches one second coming. It doesn't teach two. But when you blend those things together, post-trippers will say, well, you believe in two second comings? Absolutely not. It's just that you're not making a distinction between us waiting for him and meeting him in the clouds, which is completely separate and distinct from him coming down as his second coming to the earth. We are, is everybody good on this? Everybody following me so far? Okay, I feel like I'm giving too much at once. All right. Anybody ever go see a play? And sometimes, well, all the time when you have a play, there's at least two acts in those plays. Is it the same play? Yes. Act one, act two. You know what's in between? An intermission. <laughs> and you know what's going to be in between Christ coming for us in the air and then Christ coming down to earth with his saints? An intermission. <laughs> okay? It's all part of God's plan. It's just there is going to be a seven-year intermission. All right? Okay. Amen. A amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 7. Let me show you something. Revelation chapter 7. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. We're going to leave that one alone. Holding the four winds of the earth. We, we, well, we, don't, we don't subscribe to the fact that there's a flat earth because the Bible says four corners of the earth. So we'll just we'll, we'll save that for another time where we can have some, some good fun with that. But the, the wind... Should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed and hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. How many do we got? 144,000 witnesses right here. Where are they from? The tribes of the children of Israel. Verse 5 of the tribe of Jew, Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Asher were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Nephilim were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000, 144,000 witnesses, 12,000 from each tribe, add that up, 144. You know when this is going on? 
after we've already been caught up during this seven-year fulfillment, prophetic fulfillment. Now let's go to Revelation 14. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. How in the world did these 144,000 end up before the throne? I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung as it were new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 140 and 4,000 which were redeemed from the earth. How did they get before the throne? I'm going to tell you how. They were caught up. They were raptured up. They were all. That's part of the gleanings. That's a, that's a rapture. That's a catching away. It doesn't have anything to do with us. So does the rapture happen before the tribulation or after the tribulation? It depends what group of people you're talking about. For us, it's before. But for the 144 and for tribulation saints that died, it's going to be after. But we're not going through it. Why? We're already gone. Is there still going to be a rapture? Yes. Is it going to be for us? Nope. Not going to be. Praise God. Let's go to Revelation 11. Revelation chapter 11. And after three days, verse 11, Revelation 11, 11. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them. And they stood upon their feet. And great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. That ain't us, folks. Those are dead saints that died during the tribulation. Go back to verse 7. When they shall finish their testimony, the beast of the sun out of the bottomless place shall make war against them, shall overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people of kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, and make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life of God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, great fear upon them, which saw them. This is not for us, but there is going to be a catching away after the tribulation. It's going to be part of this final harvest referring to the gleanings. Glean. We're going to get more into all of this as we go on. We're trying to wrap up now. I think we thoroughly understand this aspect of the harvest, these three parts to the harvest. I think we get that. So we're going to be opening up the study now. 
and answering some other things like, well, what about the Trump and the last Trump and all this? And how does, how's all that work? And, and a variety of other things. So it's going to be a fun study. Let's finish up with, a, with some thoughts here. Let's get Proverbs 25. Come up hither is used three times. Proverbs chapter 25, verse number seven. Proverbs 25, look at verse seven. For it is better, I'm sorry, for better it is that it be said unto thee, come up hither. Then that thou shouldest be put lower in the presence of the prince whom thine eyes have seen. Where is the Old Testament saint or where was the Old Testament saint told to put their hope in? Not in exalting themselves at all. Exalting God. Exalting God. But we see in Proverbs 25. Verse number seven, for it is better that it be said unto thee, come up hither. You're an Old Testament saint. I mean, even if, even now, all that we have, all that we richly abound in, it's easy for us to exalt ourselves. It's better to hear from the Lord, come up hither. Better. Now look at Revelation 1, uh, Revelation 4, Revelation 4, John's part of the New Testament church, watch, watch, he gets called out. After this I looked and beheld, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show these things much more thereafter. That's the church. Come up hither. Come up hither. Main harvest. Revelation 11. Last time. Revelation chapter 11. You got tribulation witnesses both slain and sealed. Revelation 11 verse number 12. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in the cloud and their enemies beheld them. All right, let's finish off where we started in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. First Corinthians chapter number 15, verse number 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead? Yep. And become the first fruits of them that slept. Yep. For since, okay, so for since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. If there is a first fruits, logically, if you understand and harvest, there is going to be the main part of that harvest and then the gleanings. Christ was raised before the tribulation. Are we part of that one body of Christ? Are we in Christ? Are we part of that body? We are. It would logically, from that perspective as well, make sense that if we are in Christ, we are part of his body, that we will also be caught up before the tribulation. 
not part of the first fruits. We are part of the main harvest. We are in Christ. First fruits, all that, that, that catching away all happened before the tribulation. So again, to finish up that logic or that thought or that scriptural principle certainly applies to us being in Christ going up before the tribulation happens. We are raised. We are raised before. I hope that makes sense. That closes out our, at least the study on the three parts of the harvest or the first resurrection. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.